All right. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open up. Oh, there it is. Open up to 2 John, the first chapter. 2 John, the first chapter. So let me talk to you a little bit about this before we get started. The uh, topic, my message today is called A Complete Life. Say that with me, a complete life. How many of you ever felt like there was something missing in your life? Or you, you go through life and you feel like, man, I just can't seem to get everything together. And there's, there's just, you know, there's just some things that I need to come together for my life to be complete. We've probably all been there at some point or another. I mean, and then I start thinking about a complete picture. How many of you have ever tried to get a picture of something and you couldn't all get it in your lens? You know, sometimes it's because you're just too close to the subject. And when the subject is you, you can't get much closer than that, right? And so to get the complete picture, I've discovered that sometimes you, you have to back away from it. See, sometimes we're so close to what we're going through, we can't see it all because we're so close. When I was doing mission work in Russia, I was taking pictures over there. And some of these buildings, man, were monstrosities. I mean, you know, dated back into the 1700s, some dated back into the 1500s. And I was trying to get a picture of them. And so, I'm, you know, and I thought, man, I can't get the whole building. And found myself backing all the way across the street and still couldn't get it in. And so I had to buy a lens. Now, this is back before there was digital cameras or digital phones or DVDs. I carried a VCR camera. You know what I'm talking about? The one that you put up on your shoulder and prayed that God would give you a strong back. And uh, I finally got a wide angle lens and put on that camera so it would help me see more. And I realized that sometimes in life, that's what we need. We need someone or something that can help us see the bigger picture. Let me see if I can give you an illustration of this. If you would, John Matthew, pull that picture up. See, sometimes you're so close to something that you only see what's immediately in front of you and you don't realize all you're missing. But when all of a sudden you begin to open up the scope and you begin to back up enough to see the full picture, you realize there's beauty untold that you're missing. And that's what God wants to do for you here this morning. He wants to reveal the whole life, a complete life, so you don't miss anything. I thought about the, this scripture that I'm going to use today. I, you know, my morning devotions, I, I have a Bible app that I open up and read. And, and what happens is when you go to that each day, it takes you back to where the last place is you read. It's supposed to. For the last two weeks, this Bible app kept opening up to 2 John chapter 1. And I hadn't even been in there and read. And I thought, why is this Bible app keep opening up to the Scripture? And I, I, how many of you, it takes you a while to get something? You know what I mean? It's like, you know, so this goes on for like a couple weeks. And I, and I guess kind of blow it off. And then the other day, it opened up again. And I thought, man, what is going on? And I read the Scripture. Today, you're going to find out what was going on. Okay, so that's, and, and it was, I, I just thought, boy, God's got a way of getting your attention, doesn't he? And sometimes we're so close to it, we got to back up to be able to take a look at it. So now in Scripture, the number three is symbolic of completeness. Everybody say completeness. So when we look at this passage in 2 John 1 and 3, I want you to see that there are three characteristics that we're going to call friends that are mentioned here that help us to find that complete life. 
2 John chapter 1 and verse 3. Grace, mercy, and peace, which come from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, will continue to be with us. Everybody say that. Continue to be with us who live in truth and love. We're promised that there are three things that will continue to be with us if we live in truth and love. Now, before I talk about the three things that are promised to be with us, I want to talk about what is required to get them with us, and that's to live in. Everybody say live in. How many of you guys ever lived in the doghouse? You know what I'm talking about. Not that you were literally in a doghouse outside, but it's amazing how you can be on in the same bed and feel like you're continents apart. You know what I'm talking about? So when I talk about living, that we have to live in truth and love, it's not just a, a, you know, a, a casual statement or, or just a remark that I'm making. There's an actual doing of this. So let's explore what he asked us to live in. He asked us to live in truth and love. Let's look at the word truth. Truth, the definition of truth means a statement or a, a true state of facts or things. That's, that's what they call truth. But I, I want to mess with you a little bit here because how many of you have ever noticed that facts change? But truth doesn't. Matter of fact, politicians have taught us that facts change every news cycle. That, that all of a sudden, and, and it's, it's a, they, they call it spinning. Let's see how they'll spin this. What they're really saying is, let's see how they're going to lie about this one. That's what they're really saying. Let's, they're, 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 they're far from the truth. Facts, your facts may change, but truth remains the same, right? Let me show you how our facts change. How many of you remember when 1492? Do you remember that summer of 1492? No. <laughs> 1492, Columbus sailed. Thank you. So, but, when, but what's important about this is all the world, or all of men, said the earth was flat. And that if you sail so far, you'll fall off the end of the earth. And that's what they claimed was fact. But the truth stood in Scripture. In Isaiah 14, 22, it said that he sat on the circle of the earth. And so if they had bothered to read the Bible, they would have found out that the earth was round before they knew anything about it being round. Truth does not change. Now listen to this, because in John, watch this, in John 1 and 17, it says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Everybody say truth. I, I, we talked about this, you know, being able to see things. You know what I got right here? Blueprints. Blueprints plan. The blueprints for the building out there. Yes, sir. Now, if I can just find somebody that can read them. <laughs> So what are you getting at? We, we cry out to God. We want God to give us a blueprint of our life. But if you know anything about blueprints, everybody can't read blueprints. I had, I've been in meetings before where they laid out big, big blueprints, and I just had to look intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> got it. Yeah. And over here we've got, yeah, I see that. Yeah. I see it. I just don't know what I'm looking at. This is what I'm talking, this is what you're going to discover today. God loves us so much that he said, look, I understand that sometimes you have trouble seeing the big picture. I know sometimes you're so involved in what's going on in your life that it's hard for you to understand that I have a plan for your life. And that because it's not going according to your plan, you think that my plan's wrong. But my truth stands even when your facts end up changing. 
And so what God does is God says, I'm going to send you some help. I need some help up in here. I need uh, grace, truth. I mean, not truth. I didn't have truth. Grace, mercy, and peace. Has peace left the building? Oh, there's peace. Okay. Now, you, you all know the, these folks as Alex, Jasmine, and Doug. Give them a hand, would you? But today, they're going to symbolize my friends that God sent into my life to help me out. And they're with me my whole life as long as I live in what? Truth and love. We talked a little bit about truth. Let's talk about love for just a second. So I just brought them up so you could get acquainted with them. Okay. So here's love. The, the word love here is agape. It's different than saying I love pizza. Agape is talking about a, a, a love feast. In other words, it's, it's an unbridled love, not, not it, it's, it's not, uh, what's the word I'm looking at? It's, it, it's not about, yeah, it's unconditional love. But we, how many of you love unconditionally? You want to put that to the test? <laughs> See, the only way that we can love unconditionally is through God. Everybody say through him. Because that's how he loves us. But we're supposed to live in that kind of love. That, that love says it, it's benevolence. Everybody say benevolence. We use that word and we always think, when I hear benevolence, I'm always thinking of a funeral. Benevolence. But listen to what benevolence really means. It's, here, it means kindness, the disposition to do good. The love of mankind accompanied with a desire to promote their happiness. Do you ever look at somebody and say, boy, I'd really like them to get what they got coming? That's not agape. <laughs> That's Elrique. <laughs> but see, agape is when there is a passion in you, a love in you that reaches beyond your personal feelings, and you want the very best for someone. Everybody say the best for someone. So if I can, if I can live in truth and love, then I've got three friends that are going to follow me all the days of my life that are going to be with me. Let me introduce you to a friend called Grace. He doesn't care about your past or your many mistakes. I wish I could remember the rest of that song. <laughs> Grace is the unmerited favor of God. Grace, let me tell you a little bit about Grace. Just stand out there and model a minute, Grace. Grace is a divine influence upon our hearts. It's the reflection of life, including gratitude. Grace teaches you how to be gracious. Grace teaches you how to live in gratitude. Some of us live in attitude. But God wants us to live in gratitude. Everybody say gratitude. It's an acceptable gift that God has given us. It's his favor. But you can't just use the word favor. You have to understand something about grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor. What that simply means is this, is you didn't do anything to deserve what grace is going to bring to you. But grace is there to keep you safe. Everybody keep you safe. Now watch this. Watch this. Ephesians 2 and 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. So grace saves me. Check this out. I'm walking around, and all of a sudden, I'm getting ready to do something I ought not do. And grace grabs a hold of me. 
Grace, grace will pull me back in. Grace will stop me where I'm at. Oh, believe me, I understand something about the unmerited grace of God, the favor of God. I was in Jamaica doing a building project on a church, and I was on a rickety, uh, thank you, scaffold. I, I was nervous. <laughs> I was on a rickety scaffold, and, and I was at the edge of the building. And so if I'm, I'm laying an outside wall, and if I fall, it's over 18 feet to the ground. If I fall backward, I'm about six feet up, and there are sharp pieces of rebar that are all over this floor. And I'm, I'm, I'm picking up a block, and I'm getting ready to lay it, and so this is real rickety, and, and I, there was a wall right here. And so I reached out to put my hand on this wall that I thought would support me. But the wall moved. How many times have you gone to lean on something or someone that you thought could support you uh, and all of a sudden they weren't there for you at all? And I'm telling you that day I felt the grace of God. I, I leaned on that uh, and when I leaned on it, it moved and I started to go forward uh, and I saw that 18 foot and I felt something uh, holding me back, uh, something reeling me in uh, and I understood something uh, about the grace of God. I can't live without him in my life. I've got to have grace beside me. And the Bible said that grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. What's he saying? He said, I sent a friend to keep you. I sent a friend to watch out for you. I preached a message years ago called When Grace Broke Its Chain. I said, grace was always a characteristic of God. I said, but grace is the gift of God. And all gifts have to be paid for. And so grace came by Jesus Christ. He's the one that paid for grace. He's the one that purchased grace with his life's blood. But grace is a powerful force. Grace isn't some weak-kneed, wimpy, sissified. Everybody talks about, oh, they're a Christian. They're they so weak. You don't know what a man is until you've lived for God. I've been on both sides of this, folks. Anybody can run with a crowd. Once you make up your mind you're going to stand up for God, you're going to have to get a backbone instead of a wishbone. And all of a sudden, man, now watch this. I see grace like a, a, a wild animal on a chain wanting to get to us. Wanting to free us, but price hasn't been paid yet. Remember the Old Testament where everything is falling apart? The Bible said that, all, that man's mind, was, his imagination was evil continually. And in the midst of all that mess... There's a guy that's living for God, that even though everything around him is falling apart, he refuses to follow after the world, and he keeps hanging on to God, and all of a sudden, grace can't take it anymore. Grace breaks its chain, and Noah finds grace in the eyes of the Lord. Grace stays with me to keep me, to Save me. How many of you have ever needed to be saved before? Aren't you glad grace is there? I mean, you ever get yourself in a mess of trouble? I, oh, I'm not going to tell that story. Sometimes, well, I will. I, I had just moved down here, had my driver's license, had a Nova that had flames all over it. And I had a, a bad habit of driving fast. I, I remember going around Tunnel Hill Blacktop, and every curve I took, you could hear my tires squalling. I had some group. I had a, a group of boys with me. I had a group of boys with me from school, and what to show you how bad this was. One of the boys finally looked up at me and he said, "Rick, I'm not in any hurry to get home." <laughs> but it just becomes something that you start doing and you're not thinking about and you get so accustomed to it that you're doing it without thought 
I was, how many of you know where 146 is? That stretch that goes from West Vianna to Vianna? I got on that stretch of road one morning and a friend pulled up beside me in his pickup truck and he sped around me and looked at me. I'm a very calm and collected guy. I pulled back around him and and it was on. It's the grace of God I'm here today. I had topped 95 miles an hour and trying to get around him and there was a car coming. Stupid stuff. And all of a sudden, God made that boy step on his brake. And when he stepped on his brake, grace threw me in the other lane. I slid into that lane, and when that boy got to school, he looked at me and he said, man, you owe me. It wasn't him that I owed. It was the grace of God that I owed. Sometimes it's not stupid stuff. Sometimes it's just slick stuff. Snow, ice, going down a hill. How many of you know where 20, nobody's going to want to ride with me after this. So. <laughs> Anybody need to ride home today? <laughs> the dead of the winter, they, they call those twin hills on the Goreville Road blacktop. And I started down one of those, and we'd had a big snowstorm, and all of a sudden, I thought, oh, man, I, you know, I, I, I need to have this car in low. I, I did, on top of the hill, not while you're going down the hill. And without thinking, I pulled it into low, and, man, those wheels grabbed, and we started sliding. Any of you ever been on that road? There's no ditch. It's just a gully. It's about a 30-foot drop, and then it just keeps rolling. My brother was in the car with me, and he said, Rick, we're sliding. Really? I said, I know. I know we're sliding. I was doing everything I could to try and get control of that car. But we were headed for the edge, and I couldn't stop it. And Grace showed up. And Grace took my brother that weighed over 300 pounds, and Grace grabbed my brother and threw him across the seat at me. I kid you not, Paul came flying across the seat. I don't know what caused him to come. Well, it had to be Grace. And Grace just grabs him and throws him over there. I don't weigh no 300 pounds. <laughs> Grace, Grace threw him over there, knocked my hands off the wheel. That car started spinning like this. I couldn't see anything. All I could see was snow. I didn't know if I was airborne or if I was still on the ground. But when it all said, when it finally stopped, the car was like this. On the edge of that gully, the, the, the engine of the car was keeping the only thing that kept the car from going off. And I realized grace had rescued me. Amen. How many of you want some grace in your life? Well, to get grace in your life, you need to live in love and truth. Now, this next friend I have, her name is Mercy. And mercy is that type of person that's always pointing out the good in everybody else. If you ever, if you, have, you ever find yourself getting a little testy with people, you know what I'm talking about? Like, is there anybody that kind of gets on your last nerve? You know, I had a pastor friend and a guy called him up, or no, a lady called him up. It's a true story. A lady called him up and said, I called you up just to give you a piece of my mind. He said, sister, I wouldn't dream of taking the last piece. Ooh, a real zinger. I don't know that that was condoned by God. <laughs> Mercy's the one that says, don't say that. Mercy keeps reminding you of what you used to be like. Mercy shows compassion. 
Mercy has a way of seeing past my faults. This is what her name means, divine compassion. Divine compassion, not human compassion, because human compassion can shift. Now, mercy means that too, but I'm talking about the mercy that comes from God. Divine compassion. Mercy is the one that hangs out, and when all of a sudden you hear something about somebody, I can't wait to go tell about that. And mercy grabs you and says, I, Say it. You don't want to do that. Why not? It's really a juicy. <laughs> See, mercy says you, you wouldn't like it if someone was spreading stuff about you. Blessed are the for they shall obtain. Mercy understands something else, too. Mercy understands what's on the other end of our sharp tongue if we let it loose. Because in the same passage where, in the same message where Jesus is talking about mercy, he starts talking about judgment. And he says, the way that you judge others is the way that I'm going to judge you. Ouch. Well, yeah, but I'm not like that. Mercy says, oh, really? Let me remind you of some things you used to do. Let me tell you what Mercy did to me one time. This was in a Walmart. I was standing in the line, or I was, I was not, honestly, I wasn't standing in line. I was walking across the front of the store, and you know where all those tabloid magazines are? I was preaching a revival, so I was looking for some topics. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was preaching revival. I was in Walmart, and I, I came through there, and I looked. At, I saw one of those tabloids, and it was, it was about the woman that drove her car off in a lake with her children still in it. You remember that years ago? I thought I was standing there all by myself, but I wasn't. Mercy was with me, and mercy overheard what I said. I looked at that tabloid and I said, they ought to, I didn't even say this out loud. I just said it in my heart. I said, they ought to put her in a car and drive it off in a lake and let her see what it was like for those children. And Mercy said, that's what she needs. Somebody else to hate her. And I stopped it in my tracks. And Mercy went on to say, what kind of torment do you think her mind was in for her to kill her own children? And then Mercy reminded me of something else. Mercy said, the way you judge others is how he's going to judge you. And I immediately, right there in that store, said, God, forgive me. I'm sorry. And I started praying for that lady that drove that car off because mercy caused me to find a compassion like I didn't even know existed. Do you understand? That's why it's so important that grace and mercy is with us. Grace is saving us, and mercy reminds us that it's by grace we're saved. Mercy keeps reminding me about the compassion that God showed me through his grace so I can find it in my heart to show that same compassion to others. Thank you. Finally, the last of these three friends that we have promised to follow us all the days of our life, if we live in truth. Boy, that's a beautiful tune. Oh, it stopped. Okay. Peace. Somebody say it with me. Peace. Huh. Let me tell you what his name means. This is what peace means. It means, by implication, prosperity. Everybody hang on to that one for a moment. Prosperity. And then it says, to set at one again with peace, quietness, and rest. So, 
I thought about, wait a minute, peace, prosperity, how did, how's that? And then it dawned on me. I know people that are multimillionaires, but they've never been able to buy him. Can't buy peace. I've watched folks spend tens of thousands of dollars trying to find peace and can't find it. Elvis Presley made a statement one time. He said, I'd give a million dollars if I could just walk down the street and nobody know me. What was he saying? He's saying, I can't find any peace. Don't have any rest. Prosperity by implication. When you have peace, you've got something worth more than money can buy. When you have peace in your heart, and how does that peace come? He comes and he reminds you, look, you're, you're, you've been set at one with God again. Things aren't like they used to be. Grace and mercy have done something to you to bring you back to God and put you at rest. Peace. Peace is the only one that can cause me to lay my head on a pillow at night and be able to my, cause my sleep to be sweet. Peace is so powerful that when everything around me is going wrong, it can settle right into the midst of it and comfort me and remind me that it's going to be okay. Let me talk to you about a lady in Scripture. She had an issue of blood. She spent all the money she had and she wasn't any better. And she finally decided that she'd heard that Jesus was coming by, and she went in the crowd knowing that if they saw her there, they could stone her. But there are some things worth risking your life for, some things that are more valuable than life itself, and that's him. Because the Bible says, what will it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And she just pushed through the crowd that day and said, if I could just touch him. And when she touched him, she felt it. And Jesus felt it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he stopped everybody and, and he said, who touched me? And everybody's looking around and, and that woman finally looked up and he said, it was me. I, 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 I touched you. I said, if I could touch the hem of your garment. He said, listen, it, 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 it was your faith that made you whole. Faith has to be put in something or someone. And she took all her faith and risked her life to gamble on Jesus. And when she touched him, she was whole. Not just physically whole, but now she's going to be emotionally well. Listen to what he said to her. He said, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. What's he saying? He's saying, go in prosperity. He's saying, lady, you're not going to have to spend another dime or dollar trying to figure out what's wrong with you because I just made it right. <laughs> You're not going to have another sleepless night. You're not going to cry yourself to sleep. You're not going to walk around weak and feeble and frail. I have just restored you. I've set you at one with God. Oh, somebody hear what I'm saying. So this is what you got to see. Everywhere I go, because I live, as long as I live in truth and love, everywhere I go, everywhere I go, I'm being shadowed. Every turn I make, when I get ready, when all of a sudden I get upset and I'm tempted to talk about somebody, whoa, that mercy is pulling me back in. When all of a sudden I, 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 I break loose from mercy and I decide I'm going to tie one on and grace pulls me back in. And when I'm trying to lay asleep at night and my mind is racing, and the devil keeps telling me that I'm not loved and that I don't matter. Peace wraps around me and reminds me. <laughs> I never walk 
alone. Thank you. Give them a hand, would you? I never walk alone. And he doesn't want you to walk alone either. Richard talked about it at the beginning when he started to speak about communion. Why? Why? So you remember how passionately you are loved. We often walk through life as Christians miserable. No joy, no hope. And I'm thinking, why? Because we're not living in truth and love. You know, if my wife loves me, come here a minute, babe. Do you love me? Just show it. Yeah, just let everybody see that you love me. Oh, wait, wait, no. no. <laughs> we'll save that a little later now. She's, she loves me, but if I keep pushing her love away, every time she tries to embrace me, I just reject it. After a while, she's going to say, well, there's somebody. Don't take off. <laughs> there's someone that will let me love them. It's not that God doesn't love you. It's just you keep pushing him away and turning him away. God is love. So God is going to find someone that will let them, him wrap himself around and hold on to and show that he cares about you. Everybody say, he cares about you. So my question to you today is, are you... There's that mysterious music again. Somebody look outside and see if there's an ice cream truck. <laughs> My question to you today is this. Is do you want to be loved? Do you want a complete life? Wouldn't it bring you great peace to know that the unmerited favor of God is walking with you, that mercy is wrapping herself around you. Everybody say it with me. I'm ready for a complete life. If you are, I want you to stand with me right now. The Bible said, freely you have received, freely give. So if God has loved you, God has shown himself real to you, then we ought to show that to others. Yes. Amen. Amen. Amen? Hey, Grace, run up here real quick. Where are you? It, did Grace go back? Come, bring Grace out here. Holler at Grace. See, if, if we don't share, we could be keeping someone from experiencing a complete life, a whole life, the life that God wants for us. So I was at work. This, years ago, I, I was working in a factory, and this young man came up to me, and he started, you know, he was really, I mean, just trash talking and all this, and there, there was a part of me that was tempted <laughs> to just walk away. But I felt the grace of God apprehend me. I felt mercy remind me. And I looked at that young man and I said, Larry, I said, right now, you are experiencing a God that is full of grace. I said, but that's not going to last forever, Larry. I said, the Bible said it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. You don't want that to happen to you. And I walked away from there, and about three weeks later, Larry came back to me, and he said, Rick, 
He said, I just wanted you to know, I've been talking to the man upstairs and I've made things right. And I said, Larry, I'm so glad to hear that. I'm so glad that you did that. Three weeks after that, about three weeks after that or a month after that, Larry was dead. He'd been killed. He was riding a motorcycle and a car didn't see him. And Larry went into eternity. I thought about it. I thought, what if I had never said anything? What if I had lived an incomplete life? Larry's life would have never been made complete. Do you understand that you carry a vital message, an important message? You carry firsthand experience what it's like to be apprehended by grace. You carry firsthand knowledge of what it's like to experience the mercy of God. You know what it's like to be able to lay your head down on a pillow at night and know the peace of God that passes all understanding. And you got to tell it. you got to share it so the whole world can know. Oh, they got the blueprint. Stay with me. They, they got the blueprint. Let me tell you something about the blueprint. The first time I opened up the blueprint and read it, I couldn't make heads or tails out of it. I needed somebody that knew how to read the blueprint to show me what he was saying. That's why the scripture said, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. What was he saying? He's saying, they're going to need some help reading the plan. Make it plain. At the end of the day, when you get done talking to them, I want them to know that I made a way for their life to be complete. That they are not going to have to walk through this life alone. That grace, mercy, and peace will follow them as long as they follow me. <laughs> Amen. Come on, stretch your hands to heaven and give them a hand clap of praise today. So look, if you're in here today and you're saying, Pastor, I need some of that grace. I need some of that mercy and I definitely need some of that peace. I want you to come up and stand with me today. If you're in here and you've never said yes to him, you've never given your heart to him, you can do it right now. Don't make it complicated. Man, we, we make salvation so hard, it's like we, you're almost like at a circus act trying to jump through rings of fire. Let me tell you something. Being saved is the easiest thing you're ever going to do. You, you're telling me it's not hard? Jesus did the hard part. He's the one that went to Calvary and gave his life. All he asks you to do is accept him. It's to say, here I am, Lord, and I need you. So if you're in the building today and you have a need, I want you to come right now. Would you stretch your hands to heaven with me? Martine, as you just raise your hands to heaven, look at me just a second. Do you believe he's a big God? Do you believe that he measured out the oceans in the hollows of his hands? That he's the one that hung all the stars in space? then it's really not difficult at all for God to reach into your life and put everything together the way it needs to be together, right? So he's going to do that, right? And you believe that, right? So now you're going to find yourself not alone, but in the presence of good company, grace, mercy, and peace are going to follow you all the days of your life.
running after me if grace has a kissing cousin it's goodness <laughs> David talked about him in the 23rd Psalm he said surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life the definition of goodness there is also favor the same as grace goodness and grace following after me running after me Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running
he'll do whatever it takes. His grace reaches lower than your worst mistake. His love will run farther than you can run away. He'll do whatever it takes. Today, you serve a God that'll do whatever it takes to reach you, whatever it takes to apprehend you. He'll follow you to the lowest point of your life and extend a hand to lift you back up. No matter where you find yourself, no matter what situation you're in, he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. David knew him well. And David said, if I make my bed in heaven, you're there. And if I, if I find myself in the pit of hell, you're there. What's he saying? He's saying, you don't let go of me. You, 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 you hunt me down. You never let me go. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us all the days of our life as long as we stay with him. Amen. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, I don't know about you, but I'm with him. <laughs> Come on, say, say it one more time. I'm with him. Hunter just accepted the Lord into his life. Can you give him a hand? Thank you, Jesus. This is your brother in Christ. How does that feel right now? Really good. Feels really good. He's on his way to heaven. Amen. Make him feel right at home. This is his family. All right. One more cheer. We love you, Hunter. And we're your family. All right. Amen. You know what? Hey, Hunter, come here for a second. I thought about this. I thought he can walk out of here today with a smile on his face right. and go up to somebody and say, you're not going to believe this, but a minute ago, I was on my way to hell. But I'm not anymore. I'm not anymore. We, we make it so difficult, but he did the hard part, right? So that Hunter could just accept him. Amen. We love you, bud. Appreciate you. You have been faithful. Come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise. I want a complete oh life. Grace, mercy, and truth so are going to follow me all the days of my life. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next week. There's, there's a reception for Debbie's birthday. If you go to the coffee shop, they'll have some treats for you there. You can wish her a happy birthday and ask her how old she is. Love you all. For the board, if you would meet me in the conference room. All board members, meet me in the conference room.